you're listening to The Parent Classroom, a space for quick conversations on how to nurture your child's education. I'm your host, Komal Shah, a former teacher turned consultant who fundamentally believes that every parent has the power to raise their child consciously within the K-12 schooling system. I cannot wait to bring you on this journey. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Parent Classroom. Today, I have a very special guest because I get to invite a dear friend that I met on LinkedIn a while back during the pandemic. And he is truly a change maker, the founder of the education game, but most importantly, he is a parent. And he is all about advocating for parents and their children's learning. And so he is the perfect person today to bring on to talk about all things summer. Welcome, Matt. Thank you. Great to be here. <laughs> we were just talking before this episode or before we started recording that uh, I'm your niece now or little sister. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. You're my, you're the age of my nephew and my niece, and so yes, you are now officially part of the Barnes family. Uh, but you will not get any money from me because I already give money to all my other family members at this point. So sorry. Dang. Sorry. I had my Venmo yeah. opened and everything. What are we going to do? <laughs> <laughs> right. Just like my niece. Go ahead. <laughs> oh my goodness. So. Because we're talking about all things summer, well, first, usually what I like to do with parents is to kind of go back in time to your K-12 through education growing up. Mm. Um, I'm just curious, what type of student were you growing up? Yes, great question. um, Oh, my goodness. So I was the student who did the least necessary to get a B. Hmm. I uh, I remember... (laughs) so funny when I think back and just, this has shaped me in so many different ways. But I remember very specifically looking at my mid, you know, midterm report card and going, gosh, I've got all A's. I don't have to do anything else mm-hmm. the entire semester. Like literally, I'm making that conscious decision that I'm done because I've got the A's and now I can just kind of coast and, and get B's and be done with the semester. It was very, looking back, it was it's exactly everything that I argue against. Mm. Um, you know, the idea that, uh, you know, the only reason I was there was to get a, a B, right? I wasn't there to learn. I wasn't there to be curious. wasn't there to, you know, figure out why, you know, God put me on this earth. I was <laughs> there to get a, a grade and that was it. And once the grade was achieved, I, I was done. Very sad to say, but that's kind of where I was. Yeah. And I'm sure that informs so much of of your parenting now and and the work that you do. Absolutely. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. (laughs) And so many other kids are like, just like me. That's the other thing that was really quite sad. So. Yeah, I know. And I I know you and I have talked so much about being in the classroom or, you know, just seeing kind of the apathy that exists with, with kiddos, which is... Oh, it's just unfortunate to see them kind of go through yes, the cracks. Yes, disengagement. Know? Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How are your summers? I know you're you're in Texas now, but were your summers at least a little bit more entertaining? <laughs> well, so that's a great question. Again, hadn't really connected those dots in a long time, but I grew up in St. Louis mm-hmm. and summers in St. Louis are terrific. They're warm, but you know it's a great time to be outside. And I was outside the entire summer playing tennis and basketball and golf and baseball and like any sport, I was outside doing it. Mm -hmm. Um, That's where I put my energy. 
Like I really wanted to get better in tennis because I wanted to beat my friend Greg. I really wanted to get better mm. at golf because we would go and play golf. We'd walk on the golf courses and, um, and you know, I, I loved the sense of accomplishment and, and mastery. Um, and it was really a, a vacation from all things academic and intellectual. I never cracked a book in the summer, mm-hmm. um, watched a lot of television, uh, and really waited for the you know, the school bell to call me back into an academic environment where I would then go and try to get my B with as little effort as possible. <laughs> Quite sad. I know. I know. Don't look at me like that. <laughs> well, I mean, we're here for a reason, right? Because we're trying to change something, do something a little different. That's right. <laughs> and that is what I'm about. Like that, looking back, if I could, you know, if I could wave a magic wand and go back mm-hmm. in time, oh my gosh, what could I have been working on? What are the things that I knew I was interested in back then, but had no sense of agency, no sense of, uh, of purpose, of, of, of a desire to learn, except for the summer months when it was really related, related to sports. Yeah. I, I, just, I, I really marvel at what opportunities were missed, not only for me, but the thousands, millions of young people who this summer are entering summer saying to themselves exactly as I said to myself, now I don't have to learn anything. Mm. That is a waste. And we need young people with bright minds fixing the problems that my generation and generations before have created. Mm-hmm. And, it, it, and kind of what you mentioned, it's kind of like the learning is done, right? Yeah, Because you, that's right. you, you leave the school year and, and it's just like, okay, we're free. <laughs> Freedom! <laughs> it's even like even the language, right? Summer vacation, mm-hmm. right? So that means I'm vacation from what? Vacation from learning. So now I get to watch video games or play video games and watch YouTube at nowadays, um, social media, yeah. uh, hang out. That, that is, you know, there's such capability. And I'll, I'll tell you some of this, I'm sure, later in the program. But the capability of young people hmm. is out of control. It's out of sight. And we do not appreciate it as adults. Therefore, we miss tapping into this incredible energy and optimism and in, in, intellect uh, and we and we essentially wait until they're 23 or 24 or 25 before we start asking them to contribute to mankind. Mm-hmm. That is a huge waste, and we can't afford that right now. Absolutely. And so speaking of capability, you know, one thing you, you talk a lot about is about the role of the parent, right? And I know mm-hmm. one motto you always say is it's in education, 80% is parent, 20% is knowledge. So can you kind of yep. just speak to what you mean by that? You know, as a parent, yeah. what does it mean to be empowered in that 80%? Sure, sure. So let's, let's kind of take it the reverse, right? Mm-hmm. So and I know you were in the classroom for a time. And yeah. so every classroom, if there is radical alignment between the parent, the child, and the educator, amazing things can happen. Mm. But if there's not, if parents are essentially delegating that or, or abdicating that responsibility to the educational system, mm-hmm. then one thing, one or two things are going to happen. Either the, the teacher is going to be overwhelmed or the child is going to begin to disengage. There's, there's, there are very few opportunities for, uh, for a child to reach their potential without alignment between the, the what happens outside of school and what happens inside of school. And let's remember, folks, that um, most schools are open 180 days per year. Mm-hmm. That means there's 185 days out of every year that a child will not step foot into a classroom or a school building. As a result, the learning has to continue, and it continues outside of school, and the parents are the 
owner of that very large percentage of a child's life to the degree they appreciate it and recognize it is the degree to which a child can start to see learning as a wonderful, enjoyable exercise mm-hmm. or as something that is just happens at school. And that's, that's kind of the key point. If parents are on point, the child has huge opportunities. And if they're not, then you're kind of rolling the dice. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I know when I was in the classroom, I mean, parents are just such a big part of even just yes. mindset about learning, right? And kind of yes. the mindsets they personally have from their own education and how they maybe perpetuate that onto their own kids. <laughs> oh my gosh, so true. That And that's, again, that's why I started working with parents because um, even, you know, I, I, I learned this, you know, working with my own kids that my trauma from yeah. my own educational experience was absolutely rippling down and informing and, and, and really, um, you know, controlling how I was interacting with my own kids. And so I had to unpackage what I went through and repackage it into, okay, what should happen and how do I help my child not fall into the traps that I fell into? And how do I make sure that I'm also, here's another really important thing, Komala, how do I make sure that I am not trying to live my life through them? right? (laughs) I wanted to be X, Y, and Z son or daughter. So now you're going to be those things for me. And that is a very common dynamic that that a lot of parents uh, assume. And that means the parent has to do their work before they can actually be the parent that the child actually needs. Wow. That's beautiful. And it actually reminds me of a guest I had on the podcast where she mentions that, you know, she says parents love measurement because it helps Mm. them see the value of of mm. their role in their child's life, and it's very difficult for them to detach from that because we like the numbers. Yes. It makes us yes, feel good. Yes, <laughs> yes. But as you probably know, the um, much of what we measure doesn't actually matter, mm-hmm. and the things that matter most, we either have a hard time measuring it or they're not measured at all. Mm-hmm. So, energy, enthusiasm, a passion for learning, empathy. Um, you know, compassion, right? These are these are things that matter far more to a person's life than uh, you know a standardized test result. Right. But we never really understand or really ask the question: Is my child growing in empathy? Mm-hmm. Right. And how? Because it's hard to measure, right? But it matters. Yeah, it's like the intangibles. It's like love. <laughs> You're like, right. how do you measure love? But we feel it. We know what it's exactly. like. <laughs> you know when it's not there, right? You right. know when it's not present, but it's really hard to evaluate it. Yeah, you're right. It's, <laughs> the things that matter aren't, aren't, aren't measurable in many ways. Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting because I feel so many times parents, if they want to get to this place, right, where we're measuring the right things and we're thinking about mm-hmm. learning and maybe they are going into summer vacation wanting this for their child, what have you seen are the pitfalls or the mistakes that parents make when it comes to summer vacation and utilizing it? Yes, there's, there are many. And let me, let me maybe categorize them in threes. Okay. So the first is, uh, and this is generally parents who have a little resources, right? Um, they they uh, end up creating and sending their children to, you know, 10 camps over the summer um, each costing, you know, hundreds to thousands of dollars. And, uh, and they kind of pat themselves on the back saying, I help my child kind of keep learning and keep growing over the summer. I'm not trying to down summer camps. They're, they're, they can be amazing and transformational, 
But what it misses is the opportunity for the child to begin to develop their own personal sense of agency. When mm-hmm. they go to the camp, they go to the camp and then the camp is structured and they you know exactly what's going to happen. And every day, you know, lunch is served at this time. And, you know, here are the friends that that I didn't have to play any role in trying to develop or grow or connect with. And so, and and the learning is going to be driven largely by the adults present in that environment. Mm. And so if, if we think about the future, why I say this is a potential problem, if we think about the future, it is changing. Right now, it's changing so fast yeah. that the only, in my mind at least, the only thing I am absolutely sure of that my children need is a sense of personal agency. The mm-hmm. sense that they regardless of what happens around them, regardless of the disruption in their job or in their community or whatever, they can learn their way through that disruption and, and have the confidence and the, and the competence to, to be okay. Mm-hmm. That means all the other academic stuff that they might learn, you might have to throw it out of the window. But what remains is their sense of agency. And so for the kids that go to a camp over the summer or multiple camps over the summer, they may not have the opportunity to sit in with themselves and go, what am I going to do today? How mm-hmm. am I going to build my own learning? What do I want to learn about? Um, who do I want to talk to? Who do, exactly. Does that make sense? So th- that's like the first, the first, um, uh, I think risk. Uh, any, any thoughts about that? Or Yeah. I was going to ask you a follow-up on that because I feel sometimes parents do that because of the worry that they are working and they mm-hmm. are there in their mm-hmm. full-time job. And so they yep. have they have to use up the time for their child, right? Um, yep. You know, how do I keep them kind of in in some way out of my way, but still learning per se? I mean, what would you say to that? Um, so, some of this depends on the age of the child, mm-hmm. right? And so, the younger the child, the yes, the more eyes you need to have on that child to make sure they're safe. And um, but there's a concept called the dream map, okay, or the mission map. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if you've heard that before, but it is a process, which I can describe the process a little bit later in detail, but it's a process that tries to help the child define their learning objectives for the summer mm-hmm. and and help the child begin to work through the problem-solving um, pa- pathway of saying, this is what I want to learn about, or this is what I want to achieve, and now how do I do that? And small step it all the way through. And so the summer becomes the child's summer to build their learning. Mm-hmm. And when a child is engaged, the parent has less con- should have less concern about what that child is up to because yes, they may be on YouTube, but they're on YouTube because they're trying to learn about the in- entity or the activity or the achievement they're trying to achieve. Mm-hmm. That is uh, you know part of what can happen where the child's passion for learning and their desire to achieve this goal mm-hmm. starts to now become so powerful that they can self-manage and they can self-manage themselves away from problem situations. Um, so, so some of this, again, is, is a, a, um, a trade-off between how much time the, the, the child has available and how much mm-hmm. support the parent can provide. And for the, those parents that are working two jobs and they do not have the space, there are other ways to continue trying to keep the child um, to, to develop agency, personal agency. And again, that agency term, I hope that's making sense to folks. Do you think that's a term we need to define maybe a bit? You know, since we're at it, let's let's do a vocabulary lesson. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> There's going to be no quizzes on this uh, <laughs> podcast. Um, so agency is, it's a, 
it's a psychological term or psychiatry, yeah, psychological term, Mm -hmm. psychiatric term. I don't know what the term it's, it's a term that really talks about the ability of the child Mm -hmm. to believe that they can achieve, um, things that they can, um, self-manage a belief that they can influence their future Mm. and, uh, agency can be, um, built and strengthened or it can be removed. And mm. so the opposite maybe of agency is learned helplessness. And that's a child. And we've seen these kids, they're, they're, there's a bunch of these kids who don't believe they can do things mm-hmm. and they feel like they have to have an adult to hold their hand, to walk behind them, to pick them up when they skin their knee. Those kids are, are, um, are disabled in some ways because they really can't operate independently. And so agency is the opposite of that. They're able to operate independently. They're able to solve their own problems. Mm-hmm. Learned helplessness is the opposite of that. It's They're not. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. But, you know, I'm curious because in in the work that you do, if a child has already developed learned helplessness over the school year, then mm. is there a certain level of you know, gap or learning curve for them to build that agency over the summer if they have never experienced that before? That's a fantastic question. That is exactly right. So the longer a child begins to believe that they can't learn without someone telling them, open your book to page three, Mm -hmm. is is, there's a, a decompression period of time where the child has to actually realize that there's other ways that they can learn. And so Usually, what I encourage families to do is as they're approaching summer, they begin to message that we're going to do something a little bit different this summer. Mm. And so the child is not surprised when on June 1st and this first day of summer that it's a different model. Um, so, but, but yes, learning, going from learned helplessness to high agency is a process. It's a continuum. And that continuum can build over the course mm-hmm. of years. And as it does, you will see it. 10-year-old in three years turn into a 13-year-old who knows exactly what they're going to achieve in the summer Mm. because they have been building this agency over the last few years. I will say one other thing, Komala, that that school um, oftentimes can really betray this goal of agency, Mm. not intentionally, but the, the drive to push a child to learn is can be received by the child as, okay, well, tell me what I should learn. And if you should go back to my experience, that's exactly where I was. Yeah. I was waiting to be told what to learn and to mm-hmm. tell me how high to get over, you know, how high to jump, how what bar to get over. I'll get over the bar, no problem. Mm-hmm. And that's it. No personal initiative on my side to learn. It was all passive. We got to be really careful as parents that we do not let our kids sip, slip into that passive learning environment because they, they can it can carry them for life. Like kids can stick get stay stuck in that for decades, mm-hmm. and that's devastating in a world that's changing really fast. You know, I, I'm laughing inside because I find it ironic that so many parents plan their kids' summer vacation, right? Yeah, <laughs> Speaking of agency, exactly. <laughs> right? Yeah, it's like, this is what exactly. we're doing, you know? I mean, it's different when you're like, we're going to see grandma for two weeks, but when it when it is truly curated by the adult, I mean, what are we messaging to kiddos, right? Exactly. Yep, that's um, exactly right. Okay, so say that 
a parent is on board, right? They want the agency for their child. They truly believe this is something they want for them. Now, you mentioned learning goals as being kind of that first step for the dream map. Can you kind of start detailing what are the next steps a parent would take once it's been messaged to their child? Yes, sure. And and really, this is, so I mentioned the kind of the overcamped model of summer. Yeah. Now let's go to the other extreme. And this is where I talk about the mission map or the dream map. Okay. And again, it begins, you know, ideally a couple of weeks before summer ends, but mm-hmm. it begins with questions to the child. And there's one question that I love because depending on the child, it can it it can just stop them in their tracks cold. Here's the question. And it's a question that I would encourage every parent to ask their child today. Son or daughter, in the next three months, what's a, an initiative that you would try to achieve if you knew you could not fail? What's one thing you would try to achieve if you knew you could not fail? Mm. And so what ends up happening, and let me just kind of pause on that. The child is saying, if I can't fail, I'm going to go, I'm going to risk something big. I'm going to try to do something big that really is on my heart, but I haven't done it because I didn't think it was possible. And so when I did this with my kids, and I've got a YouTube video about this, um, they said things like they wanted to dance on Broadway. Um, one was I wanted to be an Olympic uh, swimmer. Mm-hmm. Uh, one was, I can't remember some of the other was, but big, incredibly lofty goals. The point is that we're not trying to say, okay, that's the definition of success, dancing on Broadway by the end of the summer. No. The point is to er- unearth these hidden dreams um, that children have within them. And then as a parent, you start going, oh my gosh, that my daughter really loves Broadway. So now let's start thinking about what a learning journey might look like with, with Broadway being a foundational component of that learning journey. And so I'm getting ahead of myself. So once you ask that child the question, mm-hmm. now you begin the process of teaching them how they can solve any challenge. And there's really a four-step process that you know and everyone knows, every high-functioning adult knows. It's setting a goal. It's uh, developing a plan. It's executing on that plan. And it's evaluating your progress. Hmm. Those are the four steps. And, and those steps kind of keep circulating around and, and circling back. But the child then, after saying, you know, I want to achieve, I want to be on Broadway by the end of the summer, great. How, what's the first thing you could do to make movement in that direction? Mm. And here is where for most kids, and again, here you have as a parent, you have to titrate based on what you know about your child. So if it's a younger child or a child that's a little more um, uh, learned helpless, you might say, okay, in the next five minutes, what's one action item that you think would help you move a little bit towards that goal? Just one. Hmm. And you would set a goal that in the next five minutes, I want you to achieve that five-minute goal. And so, again, it's short enough where it's radically – it'll be a radically simple goal. I sh- Maybe it's uh, – I'm going to make something up. I don't know enough about Broadway, but I'm going to make some things up. Uh, maybe it's um, come up with a list of the five Broadway shows that are on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so, so now I want to go on Broadway. I need, I need to learn about how Broadway shows operate and maybe – you know, look at some of the dancing, right? So maybe that's the five-minute goal. You also say to the child at the same moment, okay, what's the one day, a 24-hour goal? Mm-hmm. What's one thing you could achieve in 24 hours to get you moving closer to that goal? And there may, may be, I call a dance studio or I 
Um, you know, I find a dance that I want to replicate or begin practicing the dance, right? But again, the child is developing these plans with the coaching and guidance of the parent. And then the last question would be, okay, child, so in one week, what's uh, an, an initiative or an action that you could take that would get you closer to that goal? And for all of these, and again, we can think of examples of what that might look like, but the point of this is you're now training the, train the child to recognize that they can actually build plans, and those plans can take them in a very small way, a little bit closer to their goal. Mm. And those plans can be short-term, medium-term, and long-term in length. So this is the functioning of adult behavior. We all do this all the time, mm -hmm. whether it's with our jobs, or with our families, or vacation planning, whatever it might be. Our kids oftentimes miss the opportunity to build this whole skill set because everything is curated for them, right? Yeah. Let me pause there. I know that was a lot. Yeah. So, so a couple of clarifying questions. The first one being, yep. do you participate in this too, Matt? Like, do you do your oh, own? <laughs> great, dream great pinkle? question. <laughs> so that's thank you because the child needs to see you doing it too, parent, and okay. you need to let the child be in the coaching coaching role for you. So you mm. actually completely switch that deal up. Okay, daughter, son, I want to be, you know, whatever. I'm going to be want a marathon mm -hmm. uh, by the end of the summer. What are uh, here are the, some of the things I have, some of the ideas I have. Can you help me with some other ideas, daughter or son? Right. And what you're mimicking and, and showing now is, I'm so glad you asked that question. What you're showing is that now you are a learner for life. Mm -hmm. Just because you're the parent doesn't mean you have some mastery of these skills. You just this is just part of what we do as a family. Mm -hmm. We are learners and we are going to start that process over the summer. Okay. So I was going to ask you what was that dream goal you did, but we're going to, we're going to wait a little bit and I'll ask that at the end. <laughs> I'm very curious. It's on Broadway, of course. Of course. <laughs> the next Hamilton. Look out for Matt That's Barnes. Right. That's me. That's me. Wouldn't that be awesome? Do you, um, you mentioned short-term, middle-term, and long-term have you seen yep. with your own kids that it has actually gone into the the new school year and they've continued that process of whatever they started during the summer? Interesting question. So two two things about that. First off, short term, medium, long term, it kind of depends on the maturity level and the okay. and the agency level of the child. So Got it. the example I was giving for a moment ago was for a low agency child, one week it might be as far ahead as they can really plan. Fair. Um, but over time, if you do this enough, you know, the child's saying, okay, in two months, I want to be here, right? Mm -hmm. and, and in six months, I want to be here. That's what you're actually moving towards, which again, high, all high-functioning adults operate under that longer time horizon. So for my kids, what mm -hmm. I noticed was a couple things. As we did this summer after summer, and we kept, we kept talking about it during the school year. This didn't just go away. Like, um, it, it, sometimes the goals would shift, and that's normal. Mm -hmm. we, it was, it's okay. Um, and sometimes goals would deepen, and that's good too. Both are okay. Mm. But what we noticed is that over time, our kids started to say, I'm, I'm actually less and less, this, this may be a little controversial here, but I'm less and less um, focused on doing what I'm told to do in school, I'm now more focused on asking my school to help me achieve my learning goal. As an example, 
um, my daughter was asked to write a paper. And she said, hey, can I write this paper about this other thing that mm-hmm. I'm actually interested in and that I've been working on and kind of shoehorn it into the expectations that you have for me as a student? Mm-hmm. Most teachers are perfectly happy with a child saying, this is, you know, can I, can I adjust this, this, um, this assignment to mm-hmm. be more meaningful to me? Especially if the child is doing the one ask is the one doing the asking, so um, that's what happened. So my my kids started to ask for things in school that drove and supported their own learning journeys, yeah. which gave them purpose and relevance to mm-hmm. the learning. Which is these are come some of the important elements in any educational pathway. The child has to know why they're learning it. Now the child knows. And that means that they're going to learn it faster. They're going to enjoy the process. And they're not going to care as much about the grade. The grade's going to be great, by the way. But they're mm-hmm. not going to care as much because they're more interested in the learning. Yeah. And and I, I think it's important to also state for the listeners that, you know, you may not be ready for that, right? If getting your kid to do it in the new school year, like this may be a process before that continues in the next summer, no you know? No and, doubt. And yeah, no doubt. It's, it, is, it is not easy but it is one of those things that with slow support, mm-hmm. slow encouragement over the course of a couple of years now we're talking about. I mean, yeah. This is really a, a multiple-year process. Right. You will start to see a level of uh, meaning and purpose and initiative mm. coming from your kids in a way that would not likely be there um, if they're just you know left to their own devices. I, again, I've, I've seen on both sides of this and um, – a kid who knows why they're learning something and who has some drive and intentionality about that is always going to perform better academically. Mm-hmm. They're also going to be much more enjoy. They're going to enjoy the process. Yeah. And I think it's also important to share that, you know, we all know what flow state looks like. Many of us have mm. felt that. And it is yeah. when we're learning something that we're engaged with. And right. I think it's so important to reframe that because I think sometimes as parents, it can kind of be like, oh my gosh, but that's stressful. Like that's another thing on my plate, right? I have like many kids, like I have my job, there's just a lot going on. So Mm. I want to do this for my child and also I'm not sure. So for me, I would say, well, yes, there's this long-term agency we want them to understand what flow state looks like. Would, would there be anything else you would add in that moment if a parent is still going, this is this may be a lot? Yes, yes. And thank you for, again, I, I've i been doing this for a while. Yeah. And sometimes I forget how it felt when I first started. So thank you. <laughs> um, yes, so mom, dad, whomever's listening, um, this might feel like one other thing on the plate. Mm-hmm. But here's how it works in practice. At the dinner table, mm-hmm. the question is, hey, how, are you making any progress towards your goal? That's, that's the check-in. So there's a mm-hmm. check-in process that happens. So really, you're turning this process over to the child. Right. You're not going to manage it. And over time, again, initially it's, tr- it's tricky, but over time, the child will start recognizing this is something that I'm owning this is something I'm making progress towards or I'm not making progress towards it and I'm a little frustrated. Mm. And now that's an opportunity over the dinner table to have a conversation. So this is not – don't think of this as like school or teaching. Think of it more as um, watering the plant of inspiration. Mm. If that child can get inspired, 
Now all you need to do is maybe prune a little bit, maybe fertilize, but the plant's going to grow without your daily monitoring of it. So yeah. that, I, hope, I hope that helps a little bit. This should not be a huge um, daily task that now is you know another task on the on the backs of parents. And I think, exactly, I think if you see it more as a coaching and guidance yes. and support, right, at the end yes. of the day, that's the biggest thing. Problems, yep, problem solving. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I think nowadays with with the parenting world, there are a lot of parents out there who are already doing it in just terms of raising their children, right? So sure. I, I think it aligns deeply with that, that this is just now you're attributing those same values into their learning over the right. summer, right? It's no different. Right. Here, let me let me mention one other thing that often happens, and yeah. that is that the child. You say, "Hey, what do you? What's the thing you would want to achieve if you if you knew you couldn't fail?" The child might say, "I don't know," hmm. and that often happens when a child is rarely given the opportunity to really explore what motivates them. And so, one of the strategies that I found to be really helpful in this regard is to take the child on a walk around the neighborhood mm-hmm. or to go downtown and to walk around downtown and to have the child begin to point out problems that they see. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's a you know a dead dog on the side of the road. Maybe it's a homeless person. Uh, maybe it's um, a house that's you know in disrepair. And that's why I call this mission mapping because it's not just achieving these things that are like I want to be a Olympiad or you know in the you know in <laughs> Hamilton but I also want to fix things I want to solve problems that I see around my community and my and my life or my home mm-hmm. and so if that becomes a part of the learning journey now the same question okay what's five in 5 minutes what's one thing you could do to learn about how this problem is you know came to be like this and maybe that 5 minutes is ask my parents why are some houses, you know, you know, dilapidated? So you, what the goal about this whole thing, though, is trying to turn the educational process back over to the child based mm-hmm. on their interests, the things that motivate them, the problems that they are motivated to solve, and then support that, uh, that development over time. That's beautiful. And so to follow up on that, I know you had mentioned in a post, speaking of community, that, you know, mm-hmm. get your child's best friends involved and and kind of oh, have yes. them part of the process. How have you seen that kind of work when it comes to the summer learning? Great question. You've done your homework, haven't you? <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, you know, we learn best in community. Um, mm-hmm. it, it would be a lonely world if all we did was sit in a room and solve problems or, you know, dance. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I suggest is you contact your child's best friend. I'm sorry, the parent of your child's best friend and ask that parent, Hey, I'd like to do this thing. This weird bald guy named Matt Barnes suggested called a mission map or a dream map. And let me explain it to you. Here's the video. Watch mm-hmm. it. Let's talk about it. Because if you're interested in it and I'm interested in it, then let's pitch it to our kids. Mm-hmm. And let's pitch it to our kids maybe as a group. And while now they're working on their individual or group projects together, they're able to now encourage each other, problem solve with each other. And maybe, again, maybe they tackle a, you know some initiative that's a combined initiative. There's where I've seen entrepreneurship as one of these real great um, you know, mission map kind of activities that mm-hmm. can can get a couple kids involved. And so now 
it's even easier for the parent to step away and not feel like they've got to monitor the progress because it's the energy of the two kids are now starting to drive it. And you can, you know, you can support each other with, with parents, you know, on, on either side of, of the, of the, of the house. Yeah. And I mean, let's talk about growing up in adolescence. If your best friend is doing it, (laughs) (laughs) that's pretty cool. (laughs) That's right. That's all that you need to know, right? Exactly. (laughs) Um, I'm, I'm also curious. So when you say that the goal is maybe creating a business, right? Mm-hmm. Um, can you give an example of a, a business or, or how you would support a child who wants to do something in that realm of entrepreneurship? Absolutely. Yes. In fact, um, glad you asked that because today's, yes, two days ago, uh-huh. we had the Youth Entrepreneur Award ceremony where we crowned seven uh, entrepreneurs, youth entrepreneurs, 18 and under, Mm -hmm. uh, and gave them money, not for the quality of their business, but actually for the learning that they went through uh, to to build the business, and so we were really celebrating learning, not not the quality of the business, but um, ideas on how to do this. Um, If you think about entrepreneurship as a service, we're trying to serve humanity Mm -hmm. in some way. That's really the framing that we encourage because that now ties directly into this mission map language. Um, And so... Uh, the, one of the one of the young men who was on the program or who we who received an award last weekend, um, he had a pressure washer in his garage that his grandparent gave him, and he said, "Well, I could start serving people through pressure. I could pressure wash driveways and sidewalks that are dirty and maybe the sides of houses and decks." and And he started, and it turned into a business, right? And so the miss the mission really is around service. If you're starting a business in order to make money, which is mm. what you hear a lot about on social media, like you can make millions of dollars, that's not that's not real. What's real is serving mankind and then people saying thank you for the service in the form of compensation or payment. Mm-hmm. So um, that's where, again, if you walk around the neighborhood, you ask, you know, what problems do you see? There mm-hmm. may be some things out there. Again, maybe it's a nonprofit. There was a young woman who was who we awarded this weekend who was doing amazing nonprofit work uh, at her school mm. um, to get kids more in mind of, in, in order to serve or, or service-minded. Whatever the problems that you see, those can become a social business or a straight entrepreneurial activity if thought about as a way to serve mankind. That's wow. Does that help? Yeah. Yeah, that was very beautifully said. No, no biggie. Oh, good. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm just talking. I don't know what I'm saying most of the time. <laughs> um, no, the, I mean, I think that's wonderful. And, and I just say that because, well, for me at least, I, I went to business school and entrepreneurship is something I deeply mm. care about. But also mm. I think entrepreneurship is just so freaking empowering to be your own oh, CEO and to yes. uh, build an idea and a product or a service. Like there's yes. just something about that, that I know for me, I've learned so much and probably fellow oh entrepreneur gosh. here. Right. And the yes. skills that yes. come with that. <laughs> yes. And again, parents, like, I want you to hear what, what she just said. Like the, it is entirely true. The empowerment that happens when you are now building something, solving a problem, uh, you know, someone gives you a dollar for something you did. It, it is, there's something magical that happens. Yeah. And no one has to tell you to learn anything. You are now forced to learn all about stuff that you've never understood marketing and mm-hmm. sales and pressure washing and, you know, yeah. I mean, all sorts of things. And it's just a constant problem solving experience. 
it's very empowering. I would encourage every parent to really, really think about entrepreneurship as a something to support their children on this summer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how does boredom play into all this? Because mm. we know the importance of boredom. I yes. think we already talked about the 10 summer camps and probably not serving your child as much as you think it is. Um, mm-hmm. But we know boredom leads to creativity. So I'm just curious as to when parents are curating this, how does that play into this? So here again, thank you. Here again is what should happen ideally as we approach summer. Mm-hmm. There's got to be a new kind of a rule setting around what is a, what's, what's okay in our home and what's not okay. Mm. And boredom is, is absolutely okay, right? Yeah. And that means that we've got to minimize access to many of the um, tech, really it's technology, the technology that keeps us from boredom. Mm. Boredom is where ideas pop into our head. Boredom is where self-reflection occurs of, you know, where am I wanting to, what am I wanting to do? And how did that conversation go yesterday? We, we've got to create the space for boredom. And so as a parent, one of the things I've said to other parents and encouraged is, Again, this is very tricky and it depends on the child. And some kids almost behave as if they are addicted to Mm. their technology, uh, is to think about it as a weaning process uh, that begins with a new set of rules in the summer. Uh, Again, you didn't have access to your your phone all day during school, so Mm -hmm. we're not going to have access to your phone all day at home. Mm -hmm. There will be periods of time that you have access to it, just like you were in school yesterday, right? Mm -hmm. And so... But the parents have got to be on the same page about this. They've got to be in alignment. If there's a if there's a two parent parent household, there's got to be strong alignment here, because this is going to be issue number one for most kids over the summer. They will not have the opportunity to reflect, to imagine, mm. to just rest if the tech is always at their fingertips, and um, uh, and and that is a real detriment to their mental health. Uh, to the relationship quality of the household, all sorts of things. I, I really, really, really want to really strongly encourage parents to be thoughtful about that. Yeah. Wow. I love that. I, I feel like I need to do another episode on social media implications because it's a big one for parents. <laughs> I, I think that, honestly, I think you need to do like a week or you know several yeah. podcasts just on that one because it, it, it's incre- the, the difficulty, it's, it's getting worse. It's getting yeah. harder. The tech is becoming more and more sophisticated and more capable at keeping your child's attention for longer. And artificial intelligence now represents a new front Mm -hmm. in the battle for your attention. It also now creates the potential condition that you might have intimacy with Mm -hmm. your technology in a way that wasn't there before. That's Mm -hmm. where we really now start as parents need to start being what does that mean that my child is in having an interaction, almost a conversation with someone that they think there's intimacy there when it's really a computer? That's that's a conversation that I'm happy to jump back on for another conversation. But it, this is serious stuff, and it is definitely injuring our kids. Yeah, I love that. Oh, and I love that I'm going to have you back on even better. <laughs> <laughs> Let me know. I'm happy to talk about that. So now that we're kind of getting to the closing, I I just, you know, for a parent right now, two questions. The first one I will say is, what do parents need to be prepared for as they go into the summer doing this type of model? What are some tips or advice you would give them? Mm -hmm. I think the first thing, well, two things. First thing is mom, dad, 
give yourself a break. Hmm. It is hard work being a parent. You've been fighting, a, you know, multi-front battle for for you know since your child was born, and so just take a moment and just be appreciative that your children are safe, mm-hmm. um, that you have you know, the time to listen to this podcast and the time to continue to strategize about things, that you are trying to build your own competence mm-hmm. in this space. And so that means you're like top 5%, type 1% of parents. So mm-hmm. thank you. Congratulations. Keep up the good work. Mm-hmm. I want to encourage you. We'll start there, okay? Most parents are so discouraged and 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 there's so many good things happening, they oftentimes don't see it. All right. Secondly, how to prepare. Um, it's maybe it's related. Take it slow. Mm. This sort of thing, if you're coming out of left field with this to, with your child, there may be reaction, right? Mm-hmm. I don't want to. I want to do what I did last summer. Um, I want access to my technology. I don't want to. I don't know what I want to do, and so I mean, there could be pushback on some of the stuff. Think in the long game. You want in five years, you want the child to be able to know more about themselves and about what are the things that motivate them. Um, and so this this first summer that you might introduce it, take it easy, take it slow. Um, definitely talk to your your the parents of your child's best friends or friends mm-hmm. and try to get them to be a community around that. That is a great way to insulate a child's reaction, negative reaction from some of this stuff. Um, but 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 think of it as something that happens. Uh, you know, every couple of weeks, you just reflect on it. You 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 demonstrate it as as your your own as a, as your as as a journey that you're on yourself. These are the things that start to lower the friction level around mm-hmm. these sorts of changes that may happen in a household. Take it easy, take it slow, demonstrate it with your own behavior, involve other family and community into the process, and um, and, and again, you know, happy to talk more about it. But you will get there. And again, you, since you're listening to this podcast, that tells me that you are already probably doing much of what I'm describing. So mm-hmm. um, kudos for you. Yeah. And kudos. Hope that helps. To lifelong learning, right? <laughs> Amen. No doubt. No doubt. All right, Matt. I have to ask you, what was that dream that you that you created for yourself in the summer? Because I know everyone's dying to hear this. <laughs> well, I mean, for me, I actually I have multiple dreams going. In fact, I have too many going, and so I had to narrow the down. But, but I did. You know, I've, I've got a, a whiteboard that I have the the things that I'm trying to accomplish. And I think when I last did this with my kids, this was probably two years ago. My mm-hmm. kids are now uh, able to do this independently. Like I'm, in fact. I came. The reason I was five minutes late for this show, because I was just finishing up a quick check in with my youngest daughter mm-hmm. about what she's working on this summer, unprovoked, un you know I didn't have to ask for it or tell her anything. She just said, "Here's what I'm trying to accomplish. What do you think, Dad?" So, for me, my goals were about entrepreneurship, around physical fitness. I wanted to be able to run, um, you know, a certain amount, a certain five k at a certain time, and I wanted to be able to lift up, you know, a certain number of weights at a you know a certain number of reps and so mm. that's what I did two years ago I'm still very much into fitness and that's always going to be one of my um, my goals every summer to kind of lean back into fitness so amazing I love no, that. no dancing unfortunately <laughs> yeah. so then you're not going to be on my list because that's probably what I would have <laughs> well I will tell you this though one of the one of the items on my list I just haven't implemented it yet is to do a um, 
a stand-up routine, comedy routine, okay. and that's for 2023. I'm going to do a stand-up routine. I got a whole list of what I think is funny uh, commentary about around education, actually. So um, hopefully, uh, maybe in the fall, I will I will venture out on stage and probably make myself uh, look quite like a fool, but. That is my goal. All right. Well, you better you better <laughs> record a video so we can we can all like partake in this right. <laughs> for accountability. Right. More people can see I'm an idiot. Yes, that's that's perfect. <laughs> no, I'm I'm gonna do it. Yep. Yep. All right. I'm so. gonna end up with just some rapid four round questions. One word sure. is fine. A sentence. Uh, let's begin. All right. So, okay. The last book you read that you loved. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Um, I'm reading seven books right now. The The one that jumps to mind is a book called The Dawn of Everything. Mm. Uh, David Gerber, I think is his author's name. Um, okay. It is the most, it's the densest book I've read in decades. And it's like every every page I have to reflect on it because it's just super, super interesting. So yes, Dawn of Everything. Dawn of everything. All right. Your favorite subject in school. I know school was a little iffy for you growing up, but favorite subject. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It was in college. The the first the first course that I ever really enjoyed mm-hmm. was organizational dynamics, business organizational dynamics, and learning that the interplay of people was predictable and controllable. And and uh, yeah, that was to me the first time I said, wow, I, I actually like business. So mm. yeah. College. The social media platform that you wish didn't exist. Oh my gosh. All of them? Is that an answer? <laughs> that can be an answer. <laughs> well, definitely Facebook. Facebook's was the first to kind of get people, you know, yelling at each other. And then Twitter is another one. I, I mean, I think social media is a wonderful thing, but it also has some very, very clear dangers. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'd put them all away if I could. One word you hope every parent feels with their child's learning. Mm, joy. Hmm. And lastly, favorite thing you like to do with your kids in the summer? Picnic. Beautiful. <laughs> yep. All right, Matt. <laughs> it has been so much fun to have you on. <laughs> it's great to see you again. It's been a while. It's good to see you again. It's so good to see you. If there is a parent who is dying to learn more about this work, where can they find you? Yeah. So two places. One is theeducationgame.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I also just opened up a new site, uh, Como, that, that is for, it's free for parents. It's, okay. uh, it's called mattcbarns.com where I've been blessed with a lot of support and I'm now providing free services to any parent that would, would dare to, <laughs> to share a, a little bit about their experience. So mattcbarns.com and that'll get you started. All right. I'll go ahead and make sure to put that in the show notes so people have a place awesome. to go. Well, that's it for us. Thank you again. It was so amazing to have you on. (laughs) Great to see you. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you for showing up as a parent, but not only just for yourself, but for your child as you consciously make shifts for their schooling. To connect with me, follow at The Parent Classroom on Instagram and join my email newsletter to stay tuned for more resources for you and your child. If you are interested in consciousness and education, you can find my book, Raise Your Hand, A Call for Consciousness and Education, now on Amazon. Till next time, bye.